Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hello, church family. It's so good to be connecting with you once again. And what a beautiful song and what an amazing truth for us to uh, encourage ourselves with. Our God is a faithful God. Our God is an awesome God. No matter where you find yourself today, whether you be part of our local family or our global family, hallelujah, great is his faithfulness. He's such a good, good father. And we're gonna take an offering in light of the faithfulness of God. I've been thinking today about how when we started the COVID crisis, how so many people were just overwhelmed by just the the tension of provision. And can I tell you, a lot of people are going through it and we need to pray for them. But I have also heard many, many testimonies of the supernatural provision of God, of the people of God helping one another. And as we go to give today, could we thank God for his faithfulness He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother, but he's the friend that provides. He's the friend that protects. He's the friend that helps us. So come on, lift your hands wherever you find yourself, and let's remember the faithfulness of God. Father, we love you, and we praise you, because great is your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning, Lord, and your love endures forever. And God, we worship you today and we, and we glorify you today and we magnify you today with our hearts, with our voices, Lord. We lift up our hands to you. But Lord, we also bring an offering and we say thank you, Lord, for providing for us. And now, Lord, we want to sow seed into your kingdom We want to declare, oh God, our dependence upon you. It all comes from you because you're a good, good father. So Lord, would you bless this offering? Would you use it to further your kingdom? Would you continue to provide for your people? And Lord, if someone needs provision in the name of Jesus, we all touch and agree, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, reach out. You're you're kind, you're wonderful, you're abundant hand and provide supernaturally. God, bring the breakthrough of provision that someone needs right here and right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you. We thank you for the, the big and the small provisions that we experience on a daily basis. So Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for your goodness in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord and God bless you. All right, now we're going to get to the word of God. And today is actually the sixth message of 
our Are You Ready series. I know that when I started this series, I talked about five messages, but now we're going to probably end up with seven messages as I've been praying and the Lord has been speaking to my heart. And this past Tuesday, if you didn't dial into prayer meeting, please do so because we covered one of the key topics of the Are You Ready series. And I, won't, I don't want you to miss any of these. And there'll be slides on the app and so that you could uh, follow along. So please be sure to do that. And let me say this. If you don't have the first five, really, first five, let's call them pillars of readiness, then chances are you won't be able to operate in the sixth one which we'll be addressing today. And as we build off of last week, we talked about how Satan is the Lord of chaos. And we talked about how he is very strategic and the strategy of Satan fundamentally is to, defy, is to divide the church and destroy the people. That's what Satan wants to do. And as we look at, at the end game of the enemy of our soul, then we need to be ready to push back, to resist him, and to also process what happens when we're living during these times of war. And that's what brings us to today's message. Because today's message is all about God's people helping each other. We need to help each other. And I'm gonna read the text uh, uh, for today, which is Galatians chapter 6, um, beginning with verse 2. Now, again, it would be great if you could read the entire chapters that we're going through so that you could get the full uh, context. And I'm going to take a little while before I pray, but this introduction is very, very important. So Galatians chapter 6 says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. One more time. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And so the sixth pillar of readiness, uh, or should I say the question that we need to ask ourselves to know if we're really ready is this. Can you carry your brother or sister today? Are you in the spiritual condition? Do you find yourself willing and able to carry a brother or sister in the family of God? Through our brotherhood, through our sisterhood, the church of Jesus actually reaches out first to each other and then we literally reach out to this world. But if we are fractured and broken and hurting, if we're not carrying each other, we can't minister to the world the way we're called to minister to the world. And so carrying one another is, I believe, one of the acid tests of the Great Commission. It's one of the acid tests of discipleship, right? It's, we, we talk about the Chicago Tabernacle is a place of becoming. It's one of the acid tests of becoming. How can we become if we don't carry each other's burdens? We have to be able to help one another when it's hard, when it's difficult, when the city's on fire, we've gotta be able to reach out and help one another. This is the way we fulfill the law 
of Christ. So this is a big deal that we're talking about today. You know, I was, this happens to me all the time. I thought about it this week, but this happens to me all the time, even today. There are times when I will walk into a meeting in our church and think to myself, oh snap, if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't even know these people. I wouldn't have this family of God that is so phenomenal and amazing. We had a marriage uh, event, you know, months ago, pre-COVID. And after we finished the marriage event and we prayed together, then we went out to eat and I went to a restaurant and there were dozens of couples there. And Chrissy and I sat there and we talked with a few people and got to chat. And, and, and I remember Chrissy and I were driving home saying, my goodness, if it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't have this huge, beautiful, diverse family of God. And it's because of Jesus. Aren't you thankful that we belong to Jesus? I wish you could be on my side of the camera today and look around this room to see the beautiful, the amazing brothers and sisters that are here serving you right now because of their love for the body of Christ. We need to be able to carry one another. And you know, this is wartime. This is a time of war, so we have to be very sensitive to this. So look, before I pray and we unpack this text, let me tell you kind of uh, one more very important thing. So I've been talking about this young man who I interviewed uh, um, for this series, and he's been training um, to become a fighter pilot. And my favorite story was um, as follows. And this is one of the best or biggest lessons that he learned there. So as it goes is, he told me that he would train with about 16 guys or so would train together. 16 to 20 guys would train together. And he had a moment in time where his roommate, which he said, you barely, you, you, you don't spend any time in the room. You're just training, training, training but your rooms have to be a certain way. They have to be immaculate. And you, you're subject to inspection at all times and everything has to be perfectly in order. So his roommate broke his arm, I believe, and had to leave. And so his uh, commander, I don't know what the, uh, what the right phrase is, told him, you've got five minutes to move. And when you move, I'm gonna go inspect. And you've got five minutes, I'll see you in five minutes. So he had to move his entire room basically across uh, uh, floors and across a building. And um, fundamentally speaking, he was given an impossible task. And uh, he was walking back to his room and he started to feel demoralized because he said, you know what? This is, in a way, this is unfair. This is impossible. I can't do this on my own. And he walks into his room thinking, I'm going to get whatever it is, demerits or marks against my performance because 
this is unfair. I've been given an impossible task. And he said when he walked into his room, he turned around and 16 guys rushed into his room. His whole team just showed up at the room and they lifted every piece of furniture, every stitch of clothing. They took everything. He said, the only thing that I carried were the legal documents that no one else is allowed to carry. He said, it's like a storm flew into my room, swept it clean, and then it's, he, I, didn't, I, I learned something as I was talking to him. When you're getting trained, you can only turn right when you go out of your room. Even if you have to go left, you have to turn right, go all the way to the end of the hallway, and then make your way around the walls, even if you wanna go left. And so these guys are carrying furniture, clothing, everything, turn right, turn left. And they went and they set up his room perfectly. He passed the inspection and he said, you know what, I learned the power of community in that moment. Brothers and sisters, we can do the impossible if we will stay together. We have to carry each other's burdens. We can do the impossible. We can make it through impossible times. And at the end of this message, I want to talk to you about the times because I believe that the times are going to get worse. They're not going to get easier, brothers and sisters. The Bible talks about the last days. And so we have to take a message like this so seriously. We need each other. If we stay together, by the grace of God, we'll do the impossible. We'll live through the impossible. So let me pray. Father, Lord, we thank you. Great is your faithfulness. And Lord, we are strangers and aliens in this world. God, I thank you for the day that I was born again. I thank you, God, that you, you moved me, Lord, from a human family to the kingdom of God family. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that I belong to you and that my brothers and sisters, we belong to you. So Lord, would you use your word to feed us and to strengthen us in this hour? Would you help us to live up to the high calling that is found in Christ Jesus? God, I pray for grace I pray for wisdom, I pray for power, I pray for healing, I pray for authority. God, do what we need done so that we could live out your word. And Lord, if someone needs to be carried today, would you send a Christian to them? Bless this word, help my feeble lips, Lord, who's sufficient for these things. But help me, Lord, and speak into every heart Speak into the privacy of each and every soul today by your mighty power and in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's so good and he's so faithful. So here's what I want to do. I really want to break the text down and I want to almost take you slightly into my study. Um, uh, and I wish I could preach for three hours, but I can. But just 
This will also be good for you as you're reading the Bible. You need to read the Bible every day. Every day, read your Bible, okay? As you're reading your Bible, this is like just one example of how you can break a text down and get so much out of it. So let's look at this, at this Bible verse, but in a slightly different way. So here it is, ready? It's carry, pause, what does carry mean? Each other's, pause, what does that mean? Carry each other's burdens. What does that mean? And then in this way, fulfill the law of Christ. So say this with me. Carry each other's burdens and in this way, fulfill the law of Christ. So I wanna walk through this passage. I wanna drill down into the nitty-gritty of what it means to carry someone's burdens. So first of all, it says carry. Now when the Bible says carry here, it's fundamentally saying that you have to be strong enough. This is a capacity word. Okay, this is a strength word, and what it's fundamentally saying is, how strong are you in God today? Are you at peace are you grounded? Are you able to carry your stuff and then carry someone else's stuff? Because if you can't carry your own stuff, then you can't carry someone else's. So we need to look at our own heart and look at what are we, what is God calling us to do? He's calling us to carry someone else's burdens. So here's what carry, here's the definition of carry. It's to bear or it's to bear or assume another's difficulty in a willing, helpful, sympathetic way, despite the involved unpleasantness and heartache. After this message, please go over it again. I have a lot of slides today. I have a lot of slides because I want to make a very clear articulation of this very important verse to you. Okay, so you need to read these things and you need to pray and meditate on them and digest them. And so carry means that we have to be able to, to assume another person's difficulty and we have to be willing and helpful. We have to be sympathetic, even if it's unpleasant to us, even if it produces heartache in us. So one of our staff pastors, Pastor Edgar, was a Marine. And I talked to him at length about this as well. And one of the things that he was sharing with me is that when you become a soldier, when you become a Marine, you have to carry upwards of 100 pounds plus. 100, 125, 130, depending on the gear and your assignment, you have to carry that equipment. Now, he, Pastor Edgar was not a super fast guy, but he was a strong guy. And so he said that when they would go on marches, he would have to be in the back. And one of his responsibilities was to not just carry heavy stuff, but also to help other people when they couldn't handle the burden. They put the big guys in the back and the big guys have to carry more. The stronger you are, the more you can carry. Very, very important. So look at this image. So look, these guys, 
these guys are carrying the weapons. They're carrying ammunition. They've got their own body armor. These guys are carrying all sorts of gear that is super heavy. When they sit down, just sitting down, somebody has to help pull them up because it's so heavy. And here's what Edgar told me, which, which when he said this, it kind of blew my mind. Listen to this. He said, here's the thing about carrying someone else's burden. Please listen. He said, we could always carry another guy's gear. We could never carry his weapon. They had to carry their own weapon. Because in wartime, you cannot let the weapon go. And so he said, what we did is that we would carry their gear and make sure that they could carry their weapon. Brothers and sisters, we must do whatever we can. We have to be willing to carry whatever we can. What is our weapon? The weapon is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And we need to make sure that our brothers and sisters are holding on to Jesus and holding on to the word of God. And whatever we can carry so that they would not let go of the word. Because when the enemy comes at us, what do we fight back with? We fight back with the word of God. So we have to carry as much as we can, and we have to make sure that our brothers and sisters are really carrying the word of God. As a pastor, you know, it's always like this, but COVID makes this like on 10. Because as a pastor, you pray for your people. And you pray for your people and you pray for your people because you meet with them for two hours and then they're gone in the, in the, in the, for the rest of the week, they're gone. They could be living in sin. They could be, they could be doing all kinds of wickedness and evil. And all you can do as a pastor is pray. You have to pray. I will answer to God. Pastors will answer to God. And so we have to, we have to be like spiritual sheepdogs in the spirit, praying, praying, praying. God, let the people read the word. Let the people know, Lord, teach them how to pray. That's what I'm trying to teach them how to pray. Teach them how to cross over and get into the presence of God. These are the things that we have to do because there is a target on your back. You cannot let the weapon go. And part of that, brothers and sisters, is we have to make sure that we're strong enough to carry someone else's stuff so that they won't let go of Jesus. Jesus is the word. You realize when you leave the word, you're leaving Jesus. When you leave the word, you're not leaving arguments. When you leave the word, you're not leaving a, a disposition or culture. When you leave the word, you're leaving Jesus. Don't let go of that weapon. And that's part of the reason why it's so important for us to carry. Now I need to say a few more things about this. What does it take to carry someone? Here's four quick things. Number one, compassion. Compassion, you have to be able to engage with people in light of what they're going through. You have to be able to feel uh, uh, um, sympathy. You have to be able to weep with those that weep and mourn with those that mourn. You can't be clinical. You have to have compassion. Number two, you have to have a lot of patience and you have to have a heart of forgiveness. And here's why. 
a lot of times when people are wounded, and I'm gonna explain this in a moment, a lot of times when people are wounded, they will say and do things that actually hurt you as the one who's trying to help them. You see, physical wounds are a lot easier to minister to than spiritual and emotional wounds. Church, brothers and sisters, it's time to grow up, okay? And our people can get wounded. Our brothers and sisters can get wounded. And if you want to help their wounds, well, you better get ready because they might come at you. Okay, so here's what you need. You need compassion. You need patience. You need forgiveness. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And lastly is you need the truth. Now, the truth is vitally important to this conversation. And the reason the truth is vitally important to this conversation is because the only way people get healed and the only way people get set free is with the truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The word of God is what heals people. And we have to be careful because sometimes pain will draw us away from the truth. You see, pain will get us thinking that there are other solutions or better options. But we, as those, in fact, if you look at the context of this, the first two verses of this, of this particular chapter speak to the fact that if someone falls into sin, we have to restore them gently. But be careful, be careful that you don't get dragged into their sin. You don't start getting tempted by their issue. So we cannot abandon the truth, if we're going to carry people, the truth is what holds us all up. Amen? We have to build our lives on the, on the solid rock, which is the word of God, Christ Jesus. So this is a very, very important thing. And even in the context of days like these, look at what James Baldwin said. Now I'm going to read a quote to you from a man who was a pastor's kid and who became a pastor and then actually backslid. So this is a very interesting thing. But in his best moments in God, listen to what James Baldwin said. He said, what was the point, the purpose of my salvation if it did not permit me to behave with love towards others no matter how they behave towards me? What others did was their responsibility for which they would answer when the judgment trumpet sounded. And brothers and sisters, that trumpet will sound. Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And everyone will have to give an account for their behavior on this planet during their time. Just know that is true. So he said, listen, he said, but what I did was my responsibility and I would have to answer too. So we need to understand that we need to be very compassionate right now. We need to be very uh, patient, very forgiving right now, and very, very rooted in the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And we need to anchor in that truth. Somebody say amen in your house. Amen 
and amen. So first thing is, we have to carry. Can you carry? Who are you carrying right now? That is the way we fulfill the law of Christ. But here's the next thing that it says. It says, carry each other. Carry each other. So what does that mean? Carry each other means see the person. Don't see the issue, see the person. Okay? Don't look at what's happen, happening in a broad way. No one likes to be labeled. No one likes to be treated like an issue. See the person. It doesn't, it says carry each other's. Okay, and what this is basically saying is, is that you and I are individuals. We have to see each other as brothers and sisters. Look at what Dr. King said. Dr. King said, we are inevitably our brother's keeper. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. He said, we are inevitably our brother's keeper because we are our brother's brother. There was a song that said, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. And so we need to be mindful of the fact that whatever is, is, is swirling or raging in your life, it could be in your marriage, it could be uh, um, in, uh, on the job, or it could be in light of the craziness that has hit our country. The, the injustice, the racism, the hurt, all of these ugly, vile, wicked things that are happening, we have to remember that when you look at people, each person is an individual heart, an individual life with their own unique experiences. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, 10, look at what it says. It said, each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. You know what that means? It means that you don't really know what's happening in someone's heart. So don't judge it so quickly. You don't know what people are struggling with. You don't know what people are bringing to the table when something goes down. Can I tell you, if I could be personal for a minute, this whole racism issue is such a crazy thing for me. See, because I grew up, my mom was dark, my dad was light. I grew up in the hood hood. So during the week when I was going to school, I fought and I had to fight. Okay, you know what racism means to me? It means violence. Racism to me means punches. It means sticks. It means bottles being thrown. That's what racism means to me. I'm not being melodramatic. Okay, that's the world I grew up in. So during the week, I personally, I fought mostly black guys. Mostly African-Americans. It was like when going to school, coming back, walking through different neighborhoods, I had to fight with African-Americans. For the most part, there was a sprinkle of Puerto Ricans. There were no white people in my neighborhood. But on the weekends, when we played baseball and we traveled into different places, I had to fight white guys. And for me, racism was the same because the, the, the slander, the slurs, was every single day I heard a racial slur practically when I was growing up. That's the way our neighborhood talked. And then when you get on the baseball field, that's the way they talked. So for me, this is like a trip, right? Watching this whole thing. I said to somebody the other day, hey, what am I? You know? Everyone has a different story. And can I tell you something? Sometimes people need a minute Sometimes people need a minute to process from their unique position of hurt 
and pain. Here's the amazing thing. So now, I go into a church in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Tabernacle, and the people that I used to, to the, the, the colors of skin that I used to deeply mistrust, those are the same people that God used to heal my broken heart. Okay, and when I became a Christian, my heart was so broken and so shattered. And you know what? I praise God for my family, but it wasn't my biological family that helped me to heal. It was more my church family. And I had to get over it. I had to get over it because I was experiencing the power of the love of Jesus ministering to me from people from all walks of life. And so how could I see skin? So can I just give you a little piece of advice right now? Okay, each heart knows its own bitterness. No one shares, can share its joy. So give people a minute if they don't respond to what's going on the way you want them to respond. Because you don't know what they're processing. You don't know what, what, what they've gone through. You don't know. Some people are so hurt they can't talk. Some people are so paralyzed and devastated, they don't want to say anything to anybody. Some people are just wounded. And so we, as, as, as followers of Jesus, we have to be sensitive to one another's burdens. This is a big deal. Look, I need to say this to you. This is very, very important because this is what's happened in the last couple of weeks has just so broken my heart. And can I tell you as your pastor, if you feel like you wanna challenge a leader, pressure a leader, starting with me, come at a leader because of what's going on right now, have at it. Knock yourself out, that's part of the way it goes, okay? But could you please listen to me? Do not pressure one of your brothers or sisters to feel and to declare what you feel. It's not Christian, okay? Do not label or judge someone because they don't respond. Don't become a social media bully. It's not godly. You're going to lose your witness. You can say so many things to people right now, and then four months from now, how are you going to lead them to Christ if you are going after everybody? Yes, there's a place for protest. Yes, there's a place to voice injustice, and let's do it, but let's not lose our witness. Do you know the president of North Central University, and they actually... Uh, we mentioned this in prayer meeting. George Floyd's funeral took place at the school. He's a, uh, I, I consider him a good friend. And look at what he said. If you start to become the judge and the jury of the people around you, just know that you won't be able to live up to your own standards. And just know, if you're putting it on people and putting it on people, you will find yourself in a place that the very thing you put on people in a different context, you can't live up to yourself. That's why the Bible says, don't judge. And the measure that you use will be used against you. 
But the only thing is, is what the Bible is implying is use, if you take the position of judge and jury when you should be trying to help someone and carry someone, just know now you've put the eternal judge to say, oh, that's the bar you use. Well, that's the bar I'm putting on you. That's literally what that means. You don't want that, brothers and sisters. No one is perfect. No one is going to get this totally right. That's why we have to bear with one another. We have to forgive one another. That's, I, you know what? We could have taken communion again today. We need to understand how important this is. This is a big deal. The next time you see someone, please just see a person. Okay? And the next time you see a person, remember, you're a person. We're all made of flesh and blood. So carry each other. See the person, not the issue. That's the way we fulfill the law of Christ. Let's keep going here. I know that we're going long, but this is important. This is a very important family talk. Okay? So number three, carry each other's what? Burdens. What does that mean? It means help. Help with their weight or injury. This is a time of battle. So we have to help the people who are feeling weight. We have to help people who are overwhelmed by the injuries of this hour. Now we need to understand, okay, that, that some people are not just burdened, they're actually injured. It, it fleshes out in the same way. And as I speak to this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask yourself if, if perhaps you're injured. I want you to ask yourself if perhaps you're wounded. So remember, we gotta bring compassion to the table. We gotta bring patience. We've gotta bring forgiveness. We've gotta bring the, to, the truth to the table. But sometimes our brothers and sisters are weighed down by hurt and pain. I believe that that's one of the things that is dominating the hour right now. And so, so I think this will be helpful to us. What does a wounded person look like? Listen, wounded people have a tendency to retreat. I need to get away from everybody, okay? I need to pull away. Wounded people tend to resent. They could be with you, but inside they're resenting you. Okay, and I believe part of what's happened in this moment and hour is that deep-rooted wounds and hurts and pains and valid, valid hurt and pain has exploded. It can't be hidden anymore. So retreat, resent. Wounded people have a tendency to lash out. If you're lashing out at people, maybe you need to stop and say, wait a second, wait a second. You know, I, wrong is wrong. Absolutely, wrong is wrong. But am I starting to hurt people? Because maybe it's because I'm hurt. I hope you can hear that. You know, wounded people make demands. They demand of other people, say, if you love me, if this, if that, you will do this and you'll do that. And we just covered that. So we have to be mindful of what happens? Can I tell you over the years, 
Not this crisis. This is just over the years. I've been serving God for over 30 years. I've watched a wounded person become a wounded spirit. Okay? A wounded person, you can get injured. You could get wounded. Somebody can hurt your feelings deep. Okay? Somebody could wound your heart deep. But we need each other and we need Jesus to get healed fast. Because if sometimes, see, again, if, if you're in the, if you're physically injured, you could see the guy's limp. But some of our brothers and sisters are limping, but we just can't see it. But wounded people walk differently. They walk differently. So here's what will happen if we don't address or allow someone to address our wounds. Okay, here's what ends up happening. Wounded people become wounded spirits and eventually they plateau in God. You know why some people don't keep growing in God? It's because they're wounded and they can't get over it. And, 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 and like they wanna move forward, but there is an answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. No matter who created the injury, Jesus is the answer. If the musicians could, become to, could start to come. Number two, wounded people can often forfeit their witness. Why? Because we are proclaiming pain instead of proclaiming the gospel. Wounded people at times, they love the Lord, but in a moment, if we give in to the chaos, we can lose our witness because what's coming out is pain. And, and in the name of Jesus, Lord, heal every pain, oh God. Heal us, help us, Lord. We're praying for healing, just for healing in the church, healing in the city, healing across the land, Lord. Heal our country, Lord. Heal this world. You said if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, all the wicked ways, brothers and sisters, God would send his spirit, he would hear, and he would heal. That's what we need. But we, we have to be careful because we could forfeit our, our witness. Lastly, lastly, and this is what I'm praying about. You know, the devil's such a liar. The devil's such a deceiver. And he gets people focusing on the wrong thing and guess what they end up doing? They lose connection with the body. You realize to lose connection with the body is to lose connection with Christ because the Bible says Christ is the head of the church. The Bible literally teaches that, that we are part like a, like a physical body. Christ is the head of the church and we are his body. If our spirits are wounded and if we don't allow someone to help us, or to minister to us. Why do you think this verse in the Bible says, if your brother sins against you, go to them? You know why? Because wounds will destroy us, brothers and sisters. We can't live with resentment and wounds. It's better to talk it out. It's better to give someone the opportunity to say, you know what, I didn't realize I did that. I'm sorry. Give someone a chance to repent. These are very, very important truths right now. Last week, I said, look, for the sake of your spiritual health, 
your spiritual safety and well-being, you need to receive the word of the Lord. So we can't allow ourselves to become a walking wounded spirit. Somebody needs to be healed today and somebody needs to pick up someone's pack today. That's what I'm praying. I don't know how the Lord's gonna do it, but I'm telling you, I'm standing on the word of God and I'm asking God to heal someone's broken heart today. There are people who have been profoundly impacted by what's happening. Please don't act like it's nothing. It's, it's not nothing, it's a lot. And it's real and it's very, very personal. See the person, carry the burden. And then here's what the Bible says. It says in this way, we can fulfill the law of Christ. I need to, as I go to close, I need to say a couple things. Fulfilling the law of Christ now, what we're talking about this whole message, this is the heart of God. What's your mission? Remember, what's your mission? Part of your mission is to carry somebody. Part of your mission is if you're wounded, you need to get into sick bay. Okay, stop acting like you can do this on your own if your spirit is not good. If your heart is not, if you can't worship Jesus, if you can't read your Bible, if you can't glorify God, stop acting like it's all good. Get away from the whole kind of church jargon like, like when you talk to Christians and you put it on. Stop it and let, let the body of Christ do what it was meant to do. We need to heal one another. The Spirit of the Lord will come. This is the heart of God. This is the mission of God. So today as we go to close, this is a very action-oriented message. Number one, are you carrying somebody? Pray, the Lord will show you. The Lord will show you who to call. The Lord will show you who to reach out to. Pray. Let's reach out. Let's pray. Let's love on one another. Can I, can I tell you yesterday, I got a call from a brother who's part of our church, but right now he's in another state. And um, can I he, he, prayed the, he prayed every demon in hell off of our city and off of me. He preached like three sermons while he was praying. It was unbelievable. I was like, yo, I, gotta be, I should be taking notes right now. It was so powerful to just have someone declaring the word of God over my life and, and, and praying and, and, and like, like, whoa, somebody's with me. So beautiful, so wonderful, so powerful. Find someone and minister to them. Number two, what is the action? If you're not finding someone to help them, allow yourself to be found. Please allow yourself to be found. Do you know, 
I'm talking straight today, guys. Do you know that there are Christians right now that because of the COVID crisis and now this other crisis, this racism crisis, this, this kind of scandalous thing that's happening right now, do you know there are Christians who are not taking phone calls? That is not of God. People are checking out. Don't let the devil win. Allow yourself to be found. Allow someone to say, if I hurt you, forgive me. I love you. Let's repent to one another. Let's stand with people and say, I'm so sorry for your pain. Be compassionate. We need to do that right now. And we're going we're gonna to pray in a second. But I, I want to say two quick things. You know, over the last three years, I, look, I, don't, I can't speak for any other church. And I'm telling you right now, the leadership of this church is so far from perfect. You know, if you want perfect leaders, you, you better get to heaven. <laughs> you know, because we are so far from perfect. But I can tell you this, we pray for you and we love you. I can look anybody in the eyes and say that. And, and we take what we're doing very seriously. And over the last two or three years, I have been feeling something in my spirit as the lead pastor of this church. And one of the things I've been feeling in my spirit is you gotta get the people ready for hard times. The Bible talks about a great falling away. The Bible talks about the last days. The Bible talks about days of great evil. And brothers and sisters, in my spirit, I'm not prophesying, but in my spirit, I have felt persecution is coming. And we've got to get ready. Are you ready? We've got to get ready. We've got to get close to one another because the day will come that the persecution will be if you take the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior on your lips, you will be persecuted. I believe those days are coming and we got to get close. I also, we're going to talk about this at the, uh, 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 shortly at the, the next message. We'll talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? You need to pray for the gifts of the Spirit right now. We need the ability to get a word of wisdom for somebody. We need to be able to prophesy. Someone sent me a word recently that spoke directly to the hour. We need the gifts of the Spirit flowing. Okay, if they needed it in the context of the New Testament, we need the Holy Spirit right here, right now. That's a little mini intro for the next message. We got to go deep in God. And we got to go deep in the love of God. That's what we need to do right now. Even though we're not perfect, we have to carry each other's burdens. Singers, if you could come. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Come on, everyone, lift your hands. Stand to your feet in your house. We're standing on holy ground right now. Stand to your feet in the office, wherever you find yourself, if you can stand. But at least lift up your hands. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands. We need a move of God right now. We need a move of the Holy Spirit. We need an outpouring of God. And we want to pray that people would be carried who are injured. We want to pray that the church of Jesus would rise up and carry the hurting 
carry those that are weighed down by all sorts of struggles and problems. I'm gonna see a victory. Hallelujah, I'm Jesus. gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you. We worship you. We glorify your name, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're the captain of our salvation. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords, oh God. God, we put our trust in you. And God, we believe that you're going to lead us into victory, oh God. Lead the church into victory, God. Lord, cause the church to rise up in power and bring you great glory right here, right now, oh God. Let the church rise up, I pray, oh God. Do it by your mighty power. Yes, hallelujah. But Lord, help us. Help us to carry a brother or a sister. Help us today. God, let the body minister 
to itself according to your will, according to your law. We want to fulfill the law of Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you would release, Lord, such a new level of love, such a new level of compassion and patience and, and forgiveness, such a new level, oh God, of the application of truth. And God, we pray that every hurting heart in the body of Christ, God, that it would be reached and that it would be ministered to, Lord. God, remove bitterness. Remove, God, people who've, who've retreated, Lord. Remove that spirit of, of retreat. Remove the spirit that says, isolate yourself in the name of Jesus. We come against every lie of the devil in Jesus' name. We stand against Satan's lies. God, let the hurting be found. Let the wounded, oh God, be helped and healed. Let love abound, let love abound, let love abound, we pray, Lord Jesus. Help us to rise above this world. And then, Lord, let the people of the world look on your beautiful, glorious church. And let them find you. So God, send us out. Send us out on missions to minister to people. And God, help every hurting heart. I say it again, Lord. Help every hurting, wounded, discouraged heart, Lord. Let them be found. Help them to allow themselves to be found. Do what only you could do, Lord. With man, so much is impossible. But with you, all things are possible. So do it, we pray. In the mighty, mighty, matchless name of Jesus. And we all say aloud and strong, amen and amen. Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you. We love you. Have a wonderful week. Come on, connect with somebody today. We love you. We'll see you on Tuesday.